1: Today, Senator Dianne Feinstein dead at 90 just hours after casting her final vote in Washington, D.C. Elon Musk visits the border while New York Democrats tell illegal immigrants their sanctuary city is awful. And it looks like we're headed for another government shutdown. Are you as turned on as I am? We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. welcome to the news and why it matters i am sarah gonzalez and uh, democrat senator diane feinstein who was 90 years old passed away at her washington dc home shortly after casting her final senate vote yesterday morning the senate held a moment of silence in her honor on friday morning and a vase of white roses sat on her desk which was draped in a black cloth SENATE DEMOCRAT LEADER CHUCK SCHUMER LED SENATORS IN A MOMENT OF SILENCE AND uh, APPEARED TO CHOKE UP WHEN HE PAID TRIBUTE TO HER LEGACY WATCH.
2: THE MAJORITY LEADERS RECOGNIZED. I ASK THAT THE SENATE OBSERVE A MOMENT OF SILENCE IN HONOR OF SENATOR DIANE FEINSTEIN.
1: and they continued to pay her a, a moment of silence. Obviously, the senator had um, a lot of health issues throughout the last year or so. Um, she was briefly hospitalized for several months. Um, there, she had shingles, and she, had a, she the fall was what had her hospitalized. But um, I want to play uh, Diane Feinstein arriving back at the Capitol after her fall and subsequent hospitalization uh, when she arrived back at the Capitol in a wheelchair, and she appeared to like really not know where she was. Watch. Uh-huh. Hey, How are you feeling, Senator? Are you glad to be back, Senator? Uh-huh. Senator? So, um, I want to bring on, uh, to help me discuss this, Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder and owner of Ripaverse Comics. Um, I, I want to be very careful how... I approach this conversation because I don't want it to sound like I am um, not compassionate about life. I think, you know, like I'm sure she I think she had a, a large family who loved her. And it's always sad to say someone has died because you always have people who love you. But that being said, it just I feel like is so disrespectful to the country that we have people who are in Congress, in Senate, in leadership, leadership for like seemingly their entire lives. And we accept the fact that they are going to grow to be so old that you can be 90. Not with her wits about her. We've heard all of the stories from behind the scenes that she doesn't, she didn't remember that she was gone for several months. She didn't know where she was. She was scared at times in her wheelchair. And you could see from the pictures and the videos that were coming out, she had no idea where she was, what she was doing. She was casting votes wrong. And still, we accept the fact that we're just going to have people go to Congress and literally die there. She just cast her final vote. And my thing is just like, at what point are we going to say we cannot keep doing this to the country, keep letting these people just take a little bit of power and go, oh, my God, this is great. I think I'm going to live my entire life this way and just never let go up until the final moment. None of that is good. Well, the
3: the concept in general isn't good. I mean, uh, this woman was, I mean, she was 90, man, and so old that I don't remember her not being old. Right. Um, and and I'm I'm not saying that in jest I'm being dead right. serious I don't remember her not being old that's how long she had been been around more specifically in the actual Senate and, yeah, I, I agree with your perspective in that if you look at it from the country's sake, if we are to believe that the government is this benevolent and completely legitimate uh, institution that is sending their uh, best and brightest, it doesn't quite make a, a, a lot of sense when we know someone doesn't have it all, uh, let's say, upstairs, because, I mean, she's 90. I'm not saying that like like that. that's being insensitive. Right. She's 90. Right like right. we know where it, I mean, you if you got family members that are up uh, up at their age they're more than likely dealing with some of the same things because they're 90 years right. of age yep. right and so even just from a it's not just the fact that, yeah, they're in there forever. That's a fundamental problem. Mm-hmm. But also they are in there. And there's one of two things has to be happening because we know that they don't got it upstairs. So are they a- are they there just as kind of a seat to to uh, act that more so as an e- extension to uh, of someone else's kind of views? Like, hey, go vote this way, because we know you don't have have a bunch of sense. And if that is the case. Everybody should have a problem with it because now you have someone that's in a p- position that just is not competent enough to be able to actually mm. serve this country in that capacity. Mm. That's a problem. And I feel like if we're being objective here, it doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat. I know we've certainly here uh, uh, talked about even older older Republicans that have been there forever. And it's mm. like, why are they still there? Right. Like why? Why? Why are they still still there? Um, And I think the longer this stuff takes place now that we have the spread of information, uh, the way that we do and more people are kind of, I guess, waking up more to this. You even have people being more sympathetic, uh, even on different sides of the political aisle, to the idea of term limits, term limits. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But on a serious note, I mean, maybe it works for me, but not for the other people. I think people aren't going to see your institution as as legitimate as they keep seeing that type of stuff uh, happen and that kind of charade go on. Maybe that's more wishful thinking, but you know you get what it is what i'm saying
1: yeah i mean you know you also have so just to to your point eric that is, we're not I feel like we're the only uh, objective uh, people who come to the table and say, like, I don't. I've called on Mitch McConnell oh, to retire, 100%. right? Like all of these people who clearly have ailments. John Fetterman may not be old, but he's got
3: problems. It
1: would be hard to argue he knows what's going on all the time. Uh, Joe Biden. I mean, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. It's never a good idea to allow people who are not mentally capable uh, of of doing this job. And so you've got. No longer Dianne Feinstein, but she was 90. You've got Chuck Grassley, who's a Republican, 89. uh, Grace Napolitano, uh, 86. Apparently she's retiring, but you've got Nancy Pelosi, who is 83, running again. Mm -hmm. So she would be 86 at the end of her 20th term.
3: 20 terms. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's hard to conceptualize. It really
1: is. It really is. And I mean, you're talking about if these people were doing it for the right reasons, they would know that it's not healthy for the country to step aside if they were doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, Nancy Pelosi has conveniently acquired all of this wealth while she's been well, in office. Not
3: just, obviously it's not, it's not just, just her. her. You You're know, right. it's, it's a lot of, her. it's a lot of them that go in. Uh, yeah. Other than, okay, I was community kind of uh, doing my thing. I went to school for some years, yada, yada. And then after, you know, some years, all of a sudden that net worth balloons up to mm-hmm. millions of dollars and mm-hmm. where the, where the money go, uh, where it come from more accurately. That's something that's a legitimate concern. I think of the American people and and, and it should be, but I guess that does put things in a perspective like that power must be very, very good for people to be in there for as long as they are in it. And they're like, there's no way that I'm. Li- I-, I have a hard time believing they love the job that much. Yeah. Uh, as far as I don't know, serving their, uh, uh, the, their, the people that they represent. Right. I don't think that's uh, actually the case. I think there's a lot that comes uh, comes with it. And maybe they are uh, uh, drunk on power. But mm-hmm. even if we put that aside, just having people that are that old. Uh, making decisions that impact you and I who, you know, may be healthy and we're probably going to be, Lord willing, uh, will be around for maybe as long as they've been around, 90, 80-something years. That's that's a long time for 40, 50 years for uh, for a lot of us. And I don't know if those are the people that are uh, best suited for that no. for that job.
1: I, I, was, I just pulled up uh, the 20 oldest members of Congress. And so all 20 of them, none of them are younger than—they're all 80 and above— that's how bad it is. It's, this is not an isolated thing. This, they're all 80 or above, obviously ranging, it was 90, now it's 89. I mean, that is completely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to play, so I want to play probably my fondest memory of a uh, Dianne Feinstein. And then I want to talk about what happens next for her seat. Um, so let's play. This was 2019 and uh, this group of kids, children came into Diane Feinstein's office talking about, you know, you need to pass the green new deal and we're here to tell you. And she was like, <laughs> uh, excuse me, your children, you don't know how the world works. And um, I-, I know more than you and you're not going to lecture me much.
2: Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around.
1: Well, it's not going to get turned
2: around in 10 years. The what we can do, Senator, if this put doesn't get turned around in 10 years,
0: you're looking at the faces of the people who are going to be yeah, living with these problems. The government is supposed to be
1: for the people and by the people, and all you know
2: for the people. You know what's interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here. And you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. (laughs) I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote
1: plurality. And I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe
2: people should listen a little bit.
1: Now, again, I mean, do you agree with how she votes? No, but it's like at this point, I mean, I don't like either side the kids trying to harp on this and the adults indoctrinating them into it or Di- people like Diane Feinstein who uh, spend their lives trying to, you know, push us into some sort of communist society. Um, but it, it was nice to hear her tell these kids. That was like,
3: pretty, uh, pretty interesting. And it's funny. I mean, it's kind of sad. I mean, less than funny. These kids just really regurgitating sort of yep. lines, obviously, that they were told maybe by their parents or whoever Clearly. it is. Uh, because just like, hey, you said this and, and, and yada, yada, yada. And, it's just unfortunate. People use well, I guess this kind of ranges, right? Very, using very old people and very, very young people uh, to get their their point across more, almost as a proxy, and that's uh, that's kind of screwed up. These are these are not good people.
1: Yeah, I so okay. So what happens next? So we don't quite know exactly what, but we do know that Governor Gavin Newsom will be able to appoint uh, her replacement, Dianne Feinstein's replacement, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's it's interesting because, you know, these, left, these leftists, they, they paint themselves into this or they, they, they put themselves into a box immediately. Joe Biden did the same thing. He was asked about who he was going to pick for a VP. And he said, oh, it's, gonna, it's definitely going to be a black woman. And then it was like, OK, now who's it going to be? And we saw the, the best he could come up with. How's that working out for you, America, your diversity hire of vice president? Um, so now... Gavin Newsom has already said that he will designate a black woman to serve uh, in that spot, which I feel like is a slap in the face to Diane Feinstein, who was not black. So he's like, I know a black woman will do it better than you, Whitey. And so now they say there's um, Barbara Lee is uh, running for uh, her seat as a representative. So that would be a little bit difficult because then who do you pick to replace her? Uh, There's Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass. Um, She's a former member of Congress. And so there are a couple names being floated, but it's just fascinating to me that at a time where we're literally seeing how poorly it's going with uh, boxing yourself into this with uh, Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom is going to be like, yep, going to be a black woman. Well, so. wait a
3: minute. That it, it's, I, I do want better. We've seen this as a policy destroy everything. Yeah. It's not just uh, yes. aspects of Great the government. Point. It's business between uh, these D.I.E. Uh, programs mm-hmm. and, and all of this where they're putting people in positions that they are completely unqualified. Or let's just say this at minimum, they, they're not the best because they're not Pulling uh, pulling from a pool of people that are bringing in their talents and basing that decision on, let's say, their merits, their accomplishments or how well it is that they have proven Mm -hmm. that they can perform the job. That's not what's happening here. It's more so, okay, you we got to check this box and then we will pull. Well, what if the person that's maybe best suited? Uh, for any job, for that matter, doesn't check all of those boxes. It is that you require as they have. Right. You're just a- Xing them out. And when we get poor performance, that's the hilarious part about it all. Because what ends up happening is you get the poor performance, and then people sit up here like, "Ooh, wh- wh- what happened? Like, why? Why is our stock tanking? Or why has this movie performed, uh, uh, which I talk about a lot, so so badly? I don't know. Maybe it's because you put a bunch of people in pos- uh, important positions that had Zero business being there. And they created something that they didn't want. The same thing can be said for government officials. These guys don't they're not the best suited. And maybe the pool in general, definitely from the Democrat side, pool in general probably ain't it ain't the brightest bulbs in the tree. Right. Uh, let's just say that uh, as a turtle phrase. But uh, uh, you can at least say you're for sure messing yourself up or doing yourself in by just completely nullifying an entire sector of people because they don't check a box of color and race yeah, or race and uh, gender.
1: Not going very well for us uh, with the diversity hires. Um, OK, let's go ahead and let's take a break. And then we, when we come back, I want to talk about Elon Musk uh, visiting the border and just... Got some interesting stories when it comes to the border we'll get into after the break. want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So um, here at Blaze TV, we've worked with Relief Factor for a very long time now. There's a... a Great deal of us who have taken Relief Factor, have experience with Relief Factor. And so Relief Factor is there for those of you who you may just be living with pain. Maybe it's arthritis. Maybe it's tennis elbow. Maybe you've got a back and disc issue like I do. But um, when you do live with pain, you know that it affects every facet of your life. So if that's you, I'm speaking to you right now, um, you need to try Relief Factor. It's an all-natural Pain, it's an alternative to pain medications, all natural, developed by doctors. Um, But the thing is, is like I know a lot of men out there are like, oh, if it's all natural, it doesn't work. This one actually does. And what it's going to do is it's going to address the root cause of your pain, which is the inflammation in your body. So you're not just going to rub a cream on it and it's going to feel better for, you know, 10 minutes and then you're going to be in pain again. Um, Hundreds of thousands of people who order Relief Factor every month. 70% of those people reorder it because it's working for them. So I might I suggest, go to relieffactor.com, get the three-week quick start. Uh, You'll know within those three weeks if it's going to work for you. It's $19.95, and it could change your life because then you'll be out of pain. So go to relieffactor.com, get that three-week quick start over at relieffactor.com. Elon Musk, ex-owner, Tesla CEO Elon Musk actually went down to the border with Representative Tony Gonzalez yesterday. He is, of course, a Texas resident now. And um, he has been concerned about the border. I think his concerns are... A little heightened now that he has seen for himself how bad it is and what is going on. I want to play a clip of Elon Musk live streaming on the platform formerly known as Twitter from Eagle Pass, Texas, at the Border Watch.
3: Over here is the uh, Border Patrol. Border Patrol. And uh, you'll see, I mean, right here under the bridge, you're seeing hundreds of people getting processed. And this is every single day and they'll go to another soft-sided facility that has thousands of people.
1: Right now okay. it's over
3: 5,000 people
2: uh, and, and so over here to the right literally under a bridge a lot of trade happens here in the city.
0: Okay so it's just sort of like a, that's that's the bridge and there's like people getting processed and then they come across on those those the trains over there? Yeah exactly it's like um, an
3: initial intake spot and then they'll
2: they'll send them through but it's non-stop okay. all day long.
1: So Elon um, went on to say, you know, guys, like people are getting through who shouldn't be getting through. There are like murderers getting through. And it's like, yes, correct, because that is generally what is going to happen when you have open borders and you don't have people being properly vetted. There are always going to be bad people that are getting through. Now, I want to point out one thing um, as we talk about this topic is that Representative Tony Gonzalez, I think, is. Um, using this for optics to to be like the guy everyone thinks is doing something about the border. His voting on the border has been absolutely horrendous. Um, and he's actually signed off on like billions of dollars to be sent to NGOs who are going and uh, transporting the buses, the, uh, the buses of illegal immigrants. So I don't think he certainly is someone to be staunch conservative on the border. Um, but uh, interesting to see Elon. I mean, look, he's the Is he is he in government? No. But he certainly seems to have some influence um, on. I mean, maybe not on government, but certainly on the people. Well,
3: well, yeah, that I would argue that's more important. Right. Um, Definitely. If the tide is going to change on the general approach. What I do like about this is that a lot of people that talk about the issues of uh, immigration. And I mean, we've discussed this on the show before. They are often so unimpacted because they live in an Mm -hmm. area that they'll never experience actually what it's like. Mm -hmm. So when you don't see it or more accurately, you choose to ignore it and you don't go out of your way to figure out what exactly has happened. uh, It's almost this kind of uh, a willful ignorance there. You have a tendency to believe this sort of fantasy land that Hey, uh, everybody that's coming over, just hey man, we're hard workers that just want good things to happen. Uh, and that, that's it. And I don't care if you are pro immigration, anti or be it illegal or not, that's just, <laughs> if you believe that that is the case, you are ignorant. That is simply false. And it's good for those that would often champion that, be it the billionaire class, be it the, uh, uh, these other folks, to actually go there and experience and see it for themselves so they can understand, like, well, wait a minute. It's not all that what it's cracked to be. It's not just that, you know, this uh, family that's trying to uh, just, you know, come over and they they want all the good to happen. That's not what, what it is. And I saw that a- afterwards not too long ago before i got here he had posted elon musk himself had posted yeah this he said something along the lines of uh, illegal legal immigration must be stopped he said he is uh, uh pro basically coming up with easier ways to make it Get people here. Right. Mm-hmm. As far as illegally, that is expanding sort of that and making it a lot more simplified and easier, I believe, is how he he, he somewhat worded. And don't quote me on that. Um, so that's his position on that. But it is good and it is influential for someone to not only just go there that has that level of influence uh, and tell people what it is that they're experiencing. not not it being funneled from someone else. And they kind of get secondhand right. information. Right. Go there. Yeah. And then communicate what it is. Just be honest. Communicate what it is that you actually see. And oftentimes it, it's not as this sort of looking through it through the rose-colored sort of tinted right. let's say glasses. That's just not the reality.
1: Yeah, I mean we hear from you know the mainstream media they want to continue uh, throwing up videos of the you know a woman and her child going through razor wire, barbed wire. Oh my gosh, that's so sad. Uh, number one, I would say well it's still a choice that that woman made to put her her child, her toddler, in harm's way. But number two. That's not the majority of people who are coming in. The majority of people who are coming in are young men. They're not families. And, I mean, you know, you have Elon like, um, wow, so I just watched men with teardrop tattoos for each person that they've murdered. Murderers literally just walking right in, and we just let them in. And he's like, this is so what? We're just just letting them in. I I think the context is important.
3: (laughs) That almost no other country... No. But has it like that? And again, this is whether you whatever your position is on immigration aside, other countries do not operate like that. This is not a specifically unique uh, American thing. Uh, well, I will say it is more it is unique a, to them yeah. in the, in the case that even on the opposite side of Mexico, it ain't even that like. No, it's not that easy per se. Look say what you will but for all of you guys that are so pro-immigration that you think that well everybody if they want to come over they should be able to come over yada yada uh, all people are good nobody's illegal they love to say borders don't exist mm-hmm. all that uh, uh, uh stuff and often that's a position that i will at least empathize with if they weren't pro-welfare statism uh and uh we for asylum seekers and and, and all that uh, uh, other jazz but like i've said i do think that it's not worth un- we shouldn't undermine that it is very important And uh, I would argue a good step for you guys that at minimum, because I do as well, no matter what my position is. I want people to understand what type of people that we're dealing with. And it's not all good. Good. Hearted spirited folks. Right. That's just not. And I say this as someone that has lived in South Texas myself Mm -hmm. and seen it for my own eyes, Mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. It is not that black and white. And we would love for it to be that Mm -hmm. everybody is just this hardworking person that is going to that is immediately trying to contribute. And they're just trying to get away from these harsh conditions. Nobody, not even you, uh, Sarah, is saying that those people don't exist. Right. But to pretend that's all that it is and there's nothing else bad that's associated with it, it is just a flat-out lie.
1: Yeah, I mean, because then you would have to believe that a system like this would never get exploited by bad people, that bad people would not exploit a system that would allow them to just walk right on through. And that's preposterous to me. Like, how, how could you, as a reasonable person, go, well, sure, there are people who might be well-intentioned, but there are also people who will take advantage and exploit it because bad people exist everywhere.
3: Exactly. Like, That's 100% the, right. I mean, like they, the
1: color they, of your skin doesn't exempt you from, like, being a bad person. You might be. You might not be. I don't know. But regardless, whatever the case may be, you don't get to come here as a stranger, not properly vetted, and we go, oh, you know what? You broke the law by coming here. Uh, you claim you, ha- you need asylum. You claim that you qualify for asylum. We're not going to double check that. We're going to give you a piece of paper if you promise to be back at a courthouse in 2032. Like,
3: and then give the taxpayers the, the bill on right. any sort of welfare stadiums that's associated with it, With again, with asylum seekers, refugees, all that. And that's another thing that I would encourage people to go, look, these people... Mm-hmm. Lie about the welfare statism I and act. Oh, well, nobody's getting benefits. There's no money that is involved. That is just—it's just not true. Uh, and it has never been, especially for people that are, uh, are claiming to be refugees. It's never been uh, the case. And go see how much of your uh, taxpayer dollars is being—is mm-hmm. uh, is subsidizing this. And for for people to act like those that are being stolen from to pay for stuff like this don't have a say in the matter and shouldn't have right. an opinion
1: on right. on this.
3: It's just laughable. And often it's, being, it, it's that position is being had by people that aren't even sort of net taxpayers, if you will, if they even pay it.
1: So you mentioned that a, a good strategy is for people like Elon, influential people, to go there, see it for themselves, live stream it, right? Like get the word out to as many other people as possible. I think another... I would say effective strategy in getting these blue states and blue cities to understand that, hey, you may be miles and thousands of miles north from the southern border, but you're still going to feel the pain that we're feeling as well. So New York, New York City, they are like fed up with these brown people. They're like, we don't want any more. We're at max capacity. And they actually, uh, the Democrats in New York City are distributing flyers to illegal immigrants to tell them to go somewhere else. So, this is the, for those of you who are listening on audio, this says updates to asylum seekers. Beware of wrong information on social media and from human traffickers. They said New York City's uh, resources have been exhausted. Asylum seekers are now getting letters to move out of the shelter. You will not be placed in a hotel. NYC is one of the most expensive cities in the world. You are better off going to a more affordable city. And NYC cannot help you obtain a work permit. And you will not be able to easily find work. That doesn't sound like a sanctuary city to me. It It almost sounds like these idiots... want to act like they have compassion for these people, want to act like, oh, we're welcoming everyone. Come here, come here if you're illegal. We'll take care of you. It sounds a whole lot like when they actually put that into practice, they were like, oh, actually, this is a horrible policy. Well, we're not doing that anymore. It
3: doesn't, like, financially, either way, be it with government or no. which, you know, I'd, I'd advocate that these people do. If you are so, but definitely the rich folks, right? You're so pro-immigration. All right. Bet. Right. You go take someone in. Yes. If that, if, if, if you go take someone in, you'll be responsible for their actions. Should they should they do something uh, goofy as a sponsorship or whatever? And you uh, you actually pay uh, to make it happen. And it doesn't seem like a lot of them are lining up. Um, and then when it's the government's job, per se, to try to deal with it, which people, that's the easy position and why it's so easy to say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm right. pro-immigration because right. the government is going to be ones one's paid right. for. And then once they realize that, wait a minute, we don't have any sort of infrastructure to deal with this problem, please, please leave. Mm hmm. Please get get out of here. It's not the whole world. It's just too expensive to though that, That's them nudging your ass out the door. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get you exactly. up out of here. It is like, get out of here. You shouldn't be here. We don't got the monies for you to uh, for to be for you to be staying here. We have exhausted yep. all resources. Get the hell out. That was a nice wet, roundabout yep. way yep. to basically say get the hell out of New York.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you hear that and you're like, oh, New York City. How do you think Eagle Pass, Texas feels who had to like uh, say that they were in a a state of emergency because of all of the migrants overwhelming their tiny little town? They don't have
3: those resources. No. How do
1: you think El Paso, Texas feels like uh, McAllen, Texas? There are all of these teeny tiny border towns that are already like not it's not like they're super wealthy. They're they're elitist, you know, going to these ivory towers every day for work like these are already towns that are not wealthy towns that have all of these resources that have been overextended. And it's so cute that now the New York Democrats are like, oh, well, now that it's affecting us, I mean, we can't we can't we can't have these people here. This is
3: a horrible idea. Well, I, I will say that maybe the strategy, if we didn't see it initially, at least the strategy did seem to be, be somewhat effective when folks were getting busted. Uh, to those areas, looking at it in yeah. retrospect now, because, again, it's forcing them to have mm-hmm. to kind of deal with those consequences, and they're realizing uh, very, uh, it didn't take long at all, really, oh. to be honest, for them to finally be like, all right, we're, 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 we're to capacity, please get out.
1: Right. Now, I, I just, just to be clear, I know we got to go to break here in a second, just to be clear, I do prefer that, like, if Governor Abbott is going to bust them all up, I prefer that he take that bus directly back to the border and just drop them off in Mexico. Like, that obviously is my preference. But, I mean, it's not a non-effective strategy, as we're seeing, that they bus them to New York City and to Chicago and to all of these other places that claimed to be a sanctuary city. Like, okay, literally put your money where your mouth is and take care of all these people. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is that overextending your resources? Oh, okay. Thanks for proving our point. Um, All right. When we get back, let's talk about the latest on the government shutdown. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it
1: the Republican-led House uh, failed earlier today to approve a 30-day stopgap funding bill uh, as, of course, the government shutdown is looming. Oh, oh no. This sounds horrible. No, actually, that sounds great. And I have a feeling that uh, my friend Eric is like, great!
3: Pick, pick the day to only have both of us here. I'm just saying that. <laughs>
1: Um, so the government is going to shut down Sunday at 12.01 a.m. if lawmakers do not come to an agreement. Um, it, like I said, they just they failed to pass the stopgap, so they don't even have the 30 day stopgap. Uh, and the government spending bill that the House Rules Committee is trying to get through, uh, they, they cut government spending by about 8 percent. Um, and they are going to include the H.R. 2 border security bill minus the E-Verify provision, which is BS that they would even consider something without E-Verify. But I want to play a clip of Speaker McCarthy talking to reporters um, and talking about, you know, the Democrats always, they always want to say those extreme Republicans, how dare they shut down the government as if they don't have a hand in the disagreement, which again is fine by me. I'm great with you guys disagreeing. I want more. I don't want you to do <laughs> I don't want you to do jack. Go,
2: Thank go you. That right there. Sorry
1: about that. Sorry about that. Well, I mean, uh, Eric, there you go. Now, now you will have the floor to say whatever the hell you want to say about this, which I assume you've got some words. But I want to play um, Speaker McCarthy saying, like, we we passed all these appropriations bills last night. It's the Democrats who don't want to come to the table. So who's extreme here? Watch.
2: Last night, the House did something none of you sitting here thought we can do the number of questions i could take in the number of weeks about doing appropriation bills i told you don't give up on us because we're not giving up on the american people we passed three appropriation bills defense state and foreign office, and homeland security my biggest question is i don't understand why the democrats voted against funding the government In all, we have four appropriation bills done. There's 12 overall to get done. It's the discretionary spending every year that government is supposed to do. We have now in the House passed more than 70% of the discretionary spending on appropriations. Need I remind you, how much has the Senate passed? Zero. Not one appropriation bill has passed the Senate. We've done what many have said was impossible. When I became speaker, I said, we're going to change Washington. And we did that by keeping our commitment to restoring regular order.
1: Wow, he is a snooze fest. Um, So, Eric, I want to to get your thoughts here. And I, I want to kind of tee it up to you by saying a lot of people try to use emotion as um, a reason, like, you, well, you should feel bad, right? You should feel bad for all the people in government who aren't going to get a paycheck. What about these people who are living paycheck to paycheck? You should feel bad for them. And I guess because you should feel bad for them, you should want the government to continue doing what it's doing. And I guess my question would be, okay, so let's reason that out to a private uh, company, not, not government. So a business owner should only think about making sure that he can pay his people, even if he's, like, he's got budget problems, he, they've overspent, he's in debt. He has to not fix that because he's only thinking about paying his people. What happens to that business? It goes under. It goes under. So like, yeah, it, Are there going to be sob stories about people who can't pay their bill? Sure. Go get a job in the private sector and stop working for the f- government.
3: Well, you put it perfectly. Uh, shout Sorry. out to, uh, I guess, for, Sorry. Uh, Sarah, Sarah's, Sarah's almost gone full
1: Sorry, edit. Uh,
3: but yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm not trying to out extreme you here. I'm just no, ple-
1: I mean, you you kind of do just by nature. So it's like, true. please go ahead.
3: OK, <laughs> here's what I'm going to say. And you need to bear with me, America. These people work for what I deem as a criminal organization. And I, I made that point when the whole January 6th thing uh, happened. I made it here a lot of times that I would see people's It's like, oh, my God, he clutched my pearls. <laughs> faint, faint on the couch. How could he say that? They are a band of criminals and I refuse. And this is what I do that's different because what happens is we all have the discussion about how crooked politicians are. But when it comes to actually dealing with the issue, we just say, well, it's just supposed to be a thing. It has to exist in the capacity that it does exist in. And therefore, we don't want to take it too far. My only position it is that I have is that they're a band of criminals and I'm not sorry to them. I'm more so sorry for you and your feelings if you think that I'm out of pocket for saying that I can't really shed a tear for a bunch of criminals, a band of literal criminals. Even even what he's talking about there. Think about that. They talk about all these appropriation bills. Do you guys know what the damn number is on those? literally trillions of dollars are being allocated or they're sitting arguing about how to spend it and they're telling you right off the rip that they don't even got the money. Mm-hmm. So as America sits and bitches and moans all day long about well I can't pay for this and I can't pay for that, it's them and what it is that they're doing that's causing that problem. Yep. Yes, there's the uh, the the aspect of the treasury and the Federal Reserve, but they very much are, are, are have, a, have a part of the problem spending money that they know that they don't have and they know that they're never going to get. It's called deficit spending. And whether it be for their all of their yearly uh, uh, bills, as well as their fiscal budgets, they're spending money that they don't have. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it on things such as giving it to people that are all the way across the damn world. I almost said country. Country. What am I talking about? <laughs> world Giving them money that they, they, as you got all of this bullcrap crap happening on the streets, people are out on the streets, they don't have jobs, they don't have uh, all the homelessness issues, all of that good stuff, and they're literally pissing your money away. So now we have what I feel is the best case scenario, right, of what it is that we're dealing with. It's the best case scenario, and that is that the band of criminals can't agree enough to work.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It's funny. I talk to normies and I use that term and I trying to use that in an insulting manner. I'm just saying, yeah, people are just red and blue and there's nothing else. I have this conversation with normies a lot and they look at it like, well, hey, uh, this is supposed to happen. This has to happen. You guys uh, that that don't like the government. Right. You're the evil mm-hmm. being. What am I? I don't know what I'm, I'm, I, I'm a gen six or I'm all these other things, even though I'm like, well, I don't know if I'd waste my time doing all that. But never mind that. At the end of the day, band of criminals, best case scenario is them not working. When the normies say that we need them to work, that is simply not the case. The best case scenario, I I plead to you, America, don't sit up there and say, we need to do it, please make a deal. Mm -hmm. No, Mm -hmm. them not working is the best case scenario because at least the criminal isn't criminalizing, if you will, the American people. So I'm gonna take that all day long. If they out on the streets, So what? Go get a job. Real a real one, shit. like a damn real one instead of mooching off the tax base.
1: So, OK, so I, I know we have to I know we have to take a break, but I do just to just to just to kind of add to your point really quickly here. Um, there's what? Two million civilian workers in government across the country. Two million. How is it possible that we need that many workers? We don't. And to add to that, nearly 60 percent of them are Department of Defense, Veterans Affairs and Homeland Security. When was the last time you uh, dealt with any of these agencies and thought, Wow, these people are really competent and know what they're doing. Never, never. And I know I'm talking to you veterans over there who you have to go to the VA. When have you had a good experience at the VA with all those millions of civilian workers who are getting paid to do jack? All right, I'm mad. We got to take a break. Sorry, Edit. Sorry. We only have a couple minutes here because we spent so much time yelling about uh, funding the federal government and how taxation is theft and Always all of was. these other. <laughs> extreme Republican things to say. Uh, Not that he's a Republican, but um, so I want to really quickly uh, the House Ways and Means Committee revealed yesterday that Hunter Biden, apparently they have evidence that Hunter Biden expected the IRS investigation into his business dealings to, quote, go away when his dad becomes president. Um, There was one email that was sent on September 22nd, 2021. An IRS employee revealed that he had been contacted by a CNN producer regarding Sportsman, which was the code name given to the Hunter Biden investigation. uh, This says producer has an email from Hunter saying he expected all of this stuff to go away when his dad becomes president. And they they also revealed a message um, that was sent in which Hunter Hunter Biden once again referred to his father as the brand that was being sold. So this is a message from his iCloud backup. It says, Bull S, James, All around bull S. Explain to me one thing Tony brings to my table that I so desperately need that I'm willing to sign over my family's brand and pretty much the rest of my business life. Read the effing documents, people. It's plain, which he spells the wrong version of plain. It's plain effing English. Why in God's name would I give this marginal bully the keys to my family's only asset Why? Now, this is, of course, after we've already seen uh, text messages of him with other family members saying, uh, I'm not going to be like pop and, you know, uh, make you pay 10 percent. like he's alluding to the fact that his father uh, sends them out to do business dealings and takes half of their money. He's we've already seen that. Now he's talking about the family's brand. Right. (laughs) But we're just supposed to believe, Eric, that. Poor Joe. He was just being taken advantage of. He had no idea that Hunter was in and, and, and I'm this sure there's cost uh, cost. so
3: many people, their kids, and and whatnot. And maybe that is the perk that comes of working for the government is that maybe stuff just happens to go away when you start working mm-hmm. uh, for them. It does, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, uh, we can make that argument. I mean, this. <laughs> Uh, Hunter has been shady for a bit, or at least we've known that. And now it seems like maybe something uh, is at minimum getting looked at. But then we'll have to have the conversation eventually. What does that even mean? Right. You can sit here and look up things on Turn over Every Rock. Oh, he said this and said that. What's going to happen to him? Exactly. And if nothing happens to him, we can sit here and talk to him until we blew in the face. He's right. Yep. He's right. It did go away when, when the big guy uh, became president. So in that, I'm not saying that to pill you. The thing that matters is what happens. Despite all right, you got the information now. So now what? I don't think anything's gonna happen. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, I, I, I hate to be the black pill guy, mm-hmm. but up until now, nothing's happened. And you know, he, he we saw him just straight up blitzed at the White House. Found crack in the White House, or was it, coca- it, was it was just, cocaine? It was cocaine? Just straight cocaine. It wasn't, yep. it wasn't crack cocaine. So sorry about that. I want to be accurate here. Uh, it's not his, or they don't know whose no, it is. Oh, they'll never be able to his. find out uh, that. Uh, so I don't, I don't They don't have put the
1: that. surveillance system oh, yeah, required not, to be not, able not to in find a White that. House. No, no absolutely not. That's not extremely guarded. No, 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 they, they wouldn't. Have, they wouldn't have they that capability. They
3: don't have a nest or anything. No,
1: not even that. no, <laughs> no, no. They don't have a visitor log. They don't have a sign-in sheet. They don't have cameras everywhere. They don't have any of that. They don't know, so and they never will know. Whoops. All right, we gotta take a break. We'll be back. Come on. I expect them to have some hype. All right, before we go, we want to play uh, Joe Biden repeating a lie about uh, traveling all this these 70,000 miles with Xi Jinping and then getting like really mad for no apparent reason at the end. Watch.
3: I spent more time with Xi Jinping than any world
1: Xi Xi than
2: any
3: world leader has.
0: 68 hours alone with just he and I and an interpreter. Traveled 17,000 miles of them here and in China. On the Tibetan plateau, he turned to me and he asked me, he said, can you define America for me? I was deadly earnest. I said, yes. In one word, possibilities. We in America believe anything's possible if we try it. Anything we do together, we can get done.
1: Why is he so mad, though? He just got really, <laughs> oh, really mad, yeah, and I just really feel good. like I watched this, and I was like, "This is literally the meme of old man Grandpa Simpson. Old man yells at mm. cloud. Possibilities, I think. baby. That's that's where we're at in 2023. We like we just it's just a living meme. It's just possibilities, man. Possibilities. <laughs> we can do anything. It's possible. <laughs> Like, why are you so <laughs> mad about <laughs> it, though? That <laughs> sounds positive. I, don't
3: I think, I guess he was trying to uh, get the troops rallied, riled up, maybe. I don't know what the actual intention was there, but uh, anything's possible, I guess.
1: Anything's possible, Eric!
3: Possibilities, dead.
1: Ah! Anything is possible! <laughs> thank you, Joe Biden. Uh, all right, thank you, Eric. Make yeah. sure to go to Ripiverse Comics. And we'll see you guys Monday.
2: (laughs) Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.